This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. How's it going, everybody? In this episode, we have Alex Mastretti in the studio. We talk about how to find the diamond in the rough, how to find the potential and prospective employees. It's a great conversation that I'm sure you're not going to want to miss. If you really appreciate the stuff that we're doing and you actually get value from us, we'd love for you to check out HackerValley.studio and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash HackerValleyStudio. Let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, yes, sir. Ron and Chris. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again here in this beautiful suite here at RSA. We have a close friend with us, yes. Alex Mastrady, uh, CISO of Remedy. That's yep. right. That's right. It's great to be here. Yeah, this, this is a dream come true because, <laughs> I mean, we have a, a storied past, Alex and I. I used to work for Alex at Netflix, and then he went off to Greener Pastures to do, do bigger things in a bigger role. But thanks for so much, so much for being on the show. And if you could, for everybody that's listening, sort of talk about your background because your background kind of mirrors mine, but then how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's great. I've, I've been waiting for this invite for a while. You know, I was wondering, like, why am I not getting <laughs> All my colleagues and coworkers are going on the show. So, uh, no, it's great. Yes, I mean, my, my sort of uh, quick background, grew up in Seattle, went back east for college, went to Johns Hopkins, um, was looking for a way to pay for grad school, and Uncle Sam was nice enough to offer some money for that. So I went into the Department of Defense. They put me in the NSA. I figured, you know, I'd do my two years to pay off the scholarship and get out and go do real stuff and like entrepreneurial stuff. But uh, I just really loved the mission. So I got, I got hung up on that for about a decade, <laughs> did 10 years in the government. It was a great time, but then you know, near the end of that, you're in middle management, things are in the government a little slow. Right. So I started looking around and was fortunate to, to make it into Apple. So I came out here to the, to the West Coast, to San Francisco, and worked for Apple for about a year and a half. I built a security architecture team there that helped sort of their internal tooling groups work. And then the Netflix came calling. And so I had been aware of Netflix since the famous culture deck, right, of yeah. years past. And I remember one of my mentors in the government had brought me that slide deck when I was considering like technical track versus management. And I really like glommed onto that culture deck. It's like, oh, that's how we should manage, right? That's how people should be managed. But of course, it's difficult to pull that off in the government. Yes, uh, so, big time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it took me a few years to make my way. But uh, yeah, when Jason Chan came calling, then they were looking for someone to sort of build out their response to program and then layer in intel and detection and things like that. That seemed like a great opportunity. So jumped in there, did about three and a half years with Netflix. And, uh, you know, really proud of what the team's doing. They just dropped an open source tool at B-Sides on the response side. You know, been doing cool stuff with Intel, with Chris. Detection Group is, is catch, picking up steam. Um, already turned out some good alumni. Marcus is off Databricks doing <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, so, he is. Uh, yeah, it's, some a, it's a powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, you know, you're, you're looking for the, the bigger role, so you got to go smaller company. Just personally wanted to get back to Seattle at some point, and so this all the sort of incentives lined up. So Remitly is a cool company. They're also very values focused, similar to Netflix. And, you know, I was evident during the interview process and all that. So I was feeling good about that. You know, one thing I do miss from the government is that mission focus. And uh, they got a great mission. So the, the mission of Remitly is to become the best bank in the world for immigrants. And so you've got a, an underserved population of folks, you know, working hard overseas, trying to send money home. And our current main product is we, we do remittances. So if you want to send money back to your family, Mexico, the Philippines, India, we make that way easier and cheaper and more secure by moving it sort of out of the physical world transaction onto an app. 
Oh. And so we're sort of riding that wave as folks get more comfortable with, with apps to move their money around. And then we're layering on other financial services alongside that. So we just, I think it's still in beta, but it's public, launched a, a checking account and ATM card. So yeah, we'll, we're able to give you a U.S. checking account as an immigrant without sort of full like social security documentation. Oh wow! And then that gets you in the system. Right now, you got you got direct deposit. You got the ability to make make payments with the card. And then you know, of course, you can do the remittances through our, our sister product as well. So you know, that's just the beginning. We're sort of building out from there. But yeah. it's a it's a cool mission, good values, and you know, from a security perspective, it's fun because we like punch above our weight. You know, we're we're did seven billion in transactions last year. Wow! Right, small wow. company, seven B. So you know, Seriously. you got to uh, you got to come correct with your, your security <laughs> automation and things like that to scale that kind of impact. So, yeah, yeah so far, yeah, four months in, I'm loving it. <laughs> so you're yeah. going to keep it all safe then? Yeah, that's that's the deal, right? That's what the board wants to know. Are you secure? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You better say yes. <laughs> Obviously, you've been hiring people for a really long time, and, it, and the higher you go in the hierarchy of, of leadership, the more important that skill becomes, the more gravity, the more weight it has uh, for your actual role. Obviously, a personal you know story of mine is we talked many, many years ago, and it was for a role that you didn't think I was a, a direct fit for. But you came back years later and you're like, I have this role and I think you'd be perfect for it. And we came and have a, had a conversation and you saw something in me. It was like, this is the person that we need. Mm -hmm. So wh where does that ability to, to sort of see the potential in people come from? And, and what are some of your best practices? Yeah, it's a great question. It's something I think a lot about. Like Hiring is such an important uh, function and it's, it's so frustratingly subjective, right, and how you make these evaluations. So, I, I mean, a big part of wanting to go to Netflix is they're famous for hiring well, and uh, they really sort of force you as a manager to get, to get really crisp on that um, and find that right balance of bringing in sort of formality in your interview and evaluation process with that just developing your sort of instincts around it. Um, so I mean, I'd say, you know, early on in the, in, the, in the funnel, right, if you will, right, when you're sort of building pipeline and you're getting out there and you're trying to identify folks with potential, it just helps to sort of, to like people, right? Like you gotta have some empathy and you gotta be interested in where folks are coming from. And uh, you know, I think that, <laughs> like honestly, like the early feedback I got is like, you need to tone it down a little bit. Cause like if I see somebody and I have a conversation with them, like I get excited about like, where could they fit in the organization? Right. And I start <laughs> trying to find like fit for that person in yeah. the org. And the, the feedback was, no, you need to like figure out what your, what your role is first. Like, what are you looking for? And then you can, you can have those conversations, but you should be very crisp on what the requirements are and not let the, the skills and interests of that person that you're excited about sort of pull you in a different direction. And I think that's, a, that's the best practice that I've seen, you know, sort of talked about more by, by folks that are pretty polished in hiring is like it starts with a really good job description. Mm -hmm. Now, the one you put out publicly should be pretty, pretty open-ended because, again, you want a big funnel at the beginning. Right. But, like, you should have for your, your recruiter partners, like your, your folks who are going to be doing interview screens, like you should have a very crisp vision of what that player is going to do on your team. And then you can fairly evaluate folks as they come across your screen or do they fit that particular role, right? And, yeah, and sometimes it's not a fit. But uh, you know, you're still excited about that person. It doesn't sort of detract at all from from your interest there. And like I said, it's kind of a, it's a long game, right? Like yeah. we're we're all in this industry together for 20 years, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's going to be opportunities to work together down the road. So it's uh, yeah, you're always sort of going back through your old Rolodex when you got a new role. You're like, oh yeah, like I should reach out to that person, right? I should go grab coffee and just keep that a warm relationship. So it's something I've been preaching. So I'm hiring managers now, right? Which is yeah. a, a shift for me, um, and, and coaching managers and trying to bring some of that that 
that approach of like, you should always be building pipelines. You should always be out there. Mm -hmm. You don't have an open role today. Well, you know what? You're going to have one next month, right? Either yep. through attrition or like we're going to beat revenue numbers and like someone's going to open up. And if you're the one who's got that good candidate waiting in the wings and you can fill the role right away, then guess what? You're going to get that billet, right? right. Um, even no matter if you're a huge company that has a lot of budget or if you're a small company, like it's, if you can bring talented people into the organization and you're ready to do that at any time, like you will, you'll build a great team. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's hard to, it's hard to keep the momentum on hiring with all the other daily distractions, right? Or not even distractions, but like your your day to day job. Yeah. Um, and especially at, at remotely a smaller company, engineering managers are doing much more engineering than at Netflix, right? At Netflix, I was always getting pushback, like, "Hey, you're getting too hands on, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're you're you came up as an engineer, so you want to do engineering stuff." But you're like, "No, no, like, give your people space, right? Get a step back." But for and that's probably still the case for like a, a VP role, but for the engineering manager roles at smaller companies, uh, you're much more involved in setting that architecture, that direction, which I think is really appealing to a lot of folks and, and just the ability to, to mentor you know, a range of experience levels, right? Yeah. Um, it's not all senior engineers. You've got SD1s, 2s, 3s, and some principals, and like how do you make that mix work together is uh, just another fun challenge. So now that you've been there for a few months now, what is a piece of wisdom that you wish that you would have had going into the job now that you're managing a different set of people, managers of managers? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I've been picking the brains of my, my fellow you know, mid middle managers, right? <laughs> of like, where do you find managerial talent, right? And then throwing it on these Slack channels or going back mm -hmm. to folks at Netflix, like, what, what do you, how do you shift your, your pipeline building, right? And now, you know, there's no sort of super strong answer. I was sort of joking, I was at B-Sides earlier this week and had on the blue, like, I'm hiring armband, right? And had some really good conversations with smart engineers, but I was like, oh, really, I should be going after the other folks with blue armbands on, right? Like, I'm looking for <laughs> hiring <laughs> managers. Right. So it's like, like, I'll get into these technical conversations, and I'm like, oh, no, wait, I gotta shift my focus, right, to uh. folks that have some, ideally some existing management experience for this particular role, just given the, the size and stage of the team. But yeah, it's it's, finding that balance, like you, you still evaluating for the technical skill and potential, like architecture work, program management work, but then layering on this ability to, to manage people and hire and retain talent and all that. It's just, uh, you keep you know adding more skills to the unicorn diagram, right? Yeah. <laughs> it gets harder and harder. Uh, what was the learning curve like when you're, so now you're looking at a wider breadth of, of role skills. Is there something that you had to do yourself, like self-study in order to understand other components of you know, engineering? Obviously you have engineering and security down, but was there anything that you had to sort of learn to be able to hire intelligently? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm all about reading. I have <laughs> gotten feedback that I tend to spend too much time like preparing, like trying to like learn my way out of a new problem. And like, mm -hmm. there's also something to be said for just like jumping in and doing it. Right. So like the, the experiential learning, that was part of the reason like the shift from Netflix to a smaller company is you're just tossed in and you got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So like specific to hiring, it, like again, there's there's a component that you can build a structure and process around, but there's a lot of just like gut instinct still involved, and so that you build that just by repetition, right? Like you just mm -hmm. got to do more of them, and so you know I I prefer metrics that are, are outcome based, right? It's so like my OKR for this quarter is like hire security manager. I may or may not make that goal, but I prefer that to like you know do five phone screens a week. But actually, like, do five phone screens a week is probably a reasonable objective, right? So that it keeps you in that repetition. And to a degree, it's a, it's a numbers game, right? If you do your, yep. do your input, you will get that output uh, of, a, of a good hire. But uh, yes, I mean, from, from a learning perspective, uh, there's a book called Who that I think I've blogged about that has a pretty good outline of, like, a hiring approach. 
my one critique of that book is they go a little bit deep on like uh, an examination of the resume. Like they go really deep on like, oh, like tell me about this role. Why, why'd you leave this role? Why'd you go to the next one? And I, I'm, I tend to prefer more of the experiential, like a mix of experiential and then like scenario questions. Mm -hmm. But I think their overall approach or their overall point that like most hiring managers tend to like just defer the hiring, right? They just don't get involved. They're like, oh, HR is going to bring me some resumes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look through those resumes. I'm going to pick a few that sound good. Like I'll, I'll go into an interview totally unprepared and like have a conversation and I'll come away with an impression, right? right. And like they'll just, they'll, they sort of, because there's so much gut necessarily involved, they just give up on any process. And then you get, you know, then you, you have problems with sort of having a, a standardized set of experiences across multiple candidates about like reducing bias. Right. Like you, you get into all these sort of pitfalls. So you can't fully turn this into a process uh, but you can add some structure to try and like you know get the best of both worlds, uh, and I think this book who really really lays out a good case for that right for for folks that are coming from more traditional environments where they're just like yeah HR does it and then I yeah. come in at the end and make a call. Very cool. One of the things that I've always appreciated about talking to you is you always have a book recommendation <laughs> for like I was learning about this and then you know what this book actually helped me out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you can't stop reading. Uh, I I try to read more fiction. But but it never works out. I yeah. always read nonfiction. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I promised you uh, some airtime to be able to talk about the role that you're actually looking for right now. So if for anybody that's listening right now, what, what is exactly you're looking for today? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for a, a partner to help build a security program. So we've got a, a solid team in place. Uh, like I said, we've got we've got an SD1, we've got two SD2s and a principal. We've got an open count for a senior engineer, probably some engineering support on the, um, out of our Krakow office to build some things. And then I really need that manager to come in and, and help me out. Cause I'm actually, I've got, you know, I'm the CISO, so security is my, my primary concern, but I've also got infrastructure and IT, which is a great sort of synergy. And so, you know, as part of that leadership team, this manager can work you know, with me, with the leader of infrastructure, leader of IT, to, to build a modern security program yeah. that's going to secure that seven billion in transactions. That's going to make our customers, you know, feel that peace of mind so that they're willing to make the transition from a physical transaction of money at a kiosk to you know using an online app. And uh, yeah, there's just a range of different things. So it's we got a modern tech stack on both infrastructure and IT. So you know we're talking Kubernetes. We got Istio running. We're doing Docker containers. You know we're looking for that DevOps sort of mindset where we can enable our, our devs with uh, with security tooling and paved road. On the IT side, we're we got SaaS. Right, we're in Google Suite. We're in you know all these sort of modern technologies. So it's it's a fun area to work with. All the primitives are there, and then it's a question of like where do we focus, right? Like there's so many cool things we could do, like where do we focus next, yeah. right? Do we want to go crush vulnerability management because we've got this containerized Docker stuff and we've got asset inventory? Or should we be working on IR next quarter, right? Yeah. Like near and dear to my heart, right? Should we be <laughs> improving these processes and uh, you know, and learning from our, from our incidents and things like that. So yeah, there's just a ton of different directions that, that we could take it. Great executive support, right? The CEO is very involved in security. He's knowledgeable of other companies in our space that have problems. Um, you know, great alignment with customer needs. Like customers care about security, so mm -hmm. like they're, they're, the product group is willing to add some friction to the experience because customers expect that. Right. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I think it's a really exciting role, and it sort of be partnering with me to to build that out. And then how do people stay up to date with you and the role and the company? 
Yes, I mean Remitly.com is the is the company. Um, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. I haven't been as active on the blogging stuff. I need to get back in it. But yeah, uh, yeah LinkedIn or Twitter are both my my last name is Stretty, spelled just like it sounds. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we could throw a we'll link put in up the somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Common spelling, as yeah. we used to say. But yeah, no, I'm I'm trying to, to to keep up there. I've got some some blog posts sort of summarizing what the role is like. Uh, you know, I'll keep up on on that for sure. So that's a good place to find me. Fantastic. Alex, right. thank you so much. Personal thank you from me for you know changing my life and having me come out to the West Coast. But thank you also for taking the time to be on the podcast. This is great. I think everybody got a lot out of it. And we'll talk to everybody next time. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's great. 